This is Punk Rock and Politics, and today is June 12th, 2018, and this is episode number 67. Let's do this! These days are strange, it's true. I would bomb the shit out of them. If you think that punk rock doesn't mix with politics, you're wrong. Welcome to Punk Rock and Politics. Today we'll be talking with the guys from Stuffed Crust about AM talk radio, communism, and conspiracy theories. Donald Rumsfeld talking about Building 7 and he was like, you know, we just, we had to pull it. There's actually like videos of, you know, him admitting to this thing. All that and more on today's episode. So let's get to the political mosh pit. But first, here's the news of the week. Here's what's making news. Drug maker Bear buys Monsanto for $66 billion, which will create more than a quarter of the world's seed and pesticide market. The deal still needs to win approval from regulatory agencies and more as it develops. Trump goes to the G7 meeting and pisses off our allies, especially Canada. Here's a clip from Justin Trudeau and President Trump. We both got elected on a commitment to grow the middle class and help those working hard to join it. And that's exactly the kinds of things that we're, uh, we're going to stay focused on. And it's a pleasure to have you here, Donald. Well, Justin, it's been really great. And I appreciate, you know, uh, Justin has agreed to cut all tariffs <laughs> and all trade barriers <laughs> between Canada and the United States. So uh, I'm very happy so about that. So I'd say that. NAFTA's in good shape. But we are actually working on it. We are actually working on it. It could be that NAFTA will be a different form. It could be... Uh, with Canada, with Mexico, uh, one-on-one, much simpler agreement, much easier to do, I think better for both countries, but we're talking about that among other things. But the relationship is uh, probably better, as good or better than it's ever been. Then as Trump left to his meeting with Kim Jong-un, Trudeau had more to say about the trade tariffs and NAFTA. And I highlighted that it was not helping in our uh, renegotiation of NAFTA and that it would be with regret, but it would be with absolute certainty and firmness that we move forward with retaliatory measures on July 1st, applying equivalent tariffs to the ones that the Americans have uh, unjustly applied to us. Uh, I have made it very clear to the President that it is not something we relish doing, but it is something that we absolutely will do, because Canadians were polite, we're reasonable, but we also will not be pushed around. And President Trump's response was... And President Trump meets with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in Singapore in an historic move to aid talks of North Korea stopping its nuclear program and signed an agreement for North Korea to eventually denuclearize. And as much as I diss on Trump, if this brings peace on the Korean peninsula, it will be a good thing. In a 5-4 ruling, the Supreme Court overrules the Sixth Circuit Court allowing Ohio to purge infrequent voters off of the voting rolls. Apparently, in Ohio, if you don't vote often enough, then you're not allowed to vote at all. And on this day in rock history, June 12th, 1970, David Bowie released the single, Memory of a Free Festival. And that's the news of the week! What is up my fellow political junkies and on today's episode of the Punk Rock and Politics podcast we'll be talking with the band Stuffed Crust. Stuffed Crust is an amazing surf punk band based out of um I don't know where because as they put it anonymity in their identity is very important and they put the music first. 
which I think is a very uncommon thing to do in this internet hyper-socialized media society we live in. So instead of using selfies and funny tweets to promote their music, the guys from Stuff Crust focus on their music and let it speak for itself. And needless to say, it does. Stuffed Crust's full-length self-titled album is a great listen from the first track films to the closing song Party's Over, and I had a blast with these guys on the interview, and I really enjoyed their music, and I hope you do too. But before we get to the interview, let's check out one of their songs. Here's Too Many Pennies by Stuffed Crust. by Stuffed Crust, and I actually have the guys from Stuffed Crust here uh, with us on the Punk Rock and Politics podcast. What is up, guys? Hey, Michael. <laughs> Good. Hey, uh, I'm happy to have you guys join me, and we have Mickey, Brandon, and Billy Knife. What's up? Can so, you guys go introduce yourselves and tell everyone what you play so we can put a name with a voice? My name is Billy Knife, and I slap the skins. <laughs> I'm Brandon Hart. I play bass. I'm I'm Mickey Crumbles, and I I play guitar. Nice. Then yeah, the the names, dude. Love the names. <laughs> Billy Knife and Mickey Crumbles. Fuck yeah. So. Um, a few months back, actually, I'm really happy to finally lock this interview down because I know we've had a lot of miscommunication back and forth. Uh, it was definitely, you know, uh, I, I understand bands, they have really busy schedules and it is difficult sometimes to be able to do an interview, you know, set out time out of your day and do it. So this was kind of, you know, hard to get it going, but we have it locked down. I got you guys on and it's fucking awesome. So thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for having us. Definitely. And actually, I've never heard of your guys' band. Um, I love the music. It's like a surf, punk, kind of grungy rock. I don't know. It's it's very unique, but I, I dig it. But um, actually, a few months ago on the Punk Rock and Politics Facebook page, I was kind of asking people 
if they had any recommendations or any bands that they wanted to have on the podcast. And overwhelmingly, like three people all tagged you guys and said, we want Stuff Crust. So the people wanted Stuff Crust and we are delivering. So I'm going to dub this episode as the People's Choice episode. Oh, wow. That's that's, that's really humbling. <laughs> yeah, that's, so... That's- some, that's wonderful. Yeah, some people out there definitely know you. And I'm I dig like I said, I dig the music. I'm stoked to do this. So all these songs are off the same album. And is that your first album you guys have put out as a group? Yep. That that's that's the one. Affirmative. Cool, cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, it's definitely a solid album. I would definitely <clears throat> recommend everyone going and checking it out. Um, it's all online and all the songs we'll be playing here today, like I said, are all from those albums. And so kind of you were, I was kind of trying to nail down where you guys are located from and everything, but, uh, do you want to kind of go into that where you're telling me off air about the anonymity of the band and everything? I thought that was really cool. All right. I'll, 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 (laughs) they want me to take this answer. Um, I guess the original idea of the project was, that I guess number one that we just we don't take ourselves that serious. What's the only thing we take serious is just like making records and just trying to write some songs. Mm-hmm. And hold on, that's a Lake and shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's our dog. Um, <laughs> right. And a lot of bands do a lot of you know photo shoots and. And things like that. And I guess the idea was, is that try to approach making records from a different point of view where um, it's not about trying to, I guess, like masturbate our own egos or and how how cool we are as people. And um, and, you know, just really focus on what matters, which is just like the records, you know, just yeah. make make a record. And, and um, yeah. Yeah, make a record, contribute something to this culture that you know we identify with, and and um, and hopefully people will di- like it um, without there having to be some kind of like you know popularity contest. Who knows who? Who knows what? And who's you know? It's just like, hey, check out this record because I mean, I'll tell you what. Like, I mean, just I'm just being transparent here. Like, I loved the first time I heard Band Brains, and I didn't know they were black for like six years, man. So like. I had no idea what they look like, you know, and that to me sold me a lot. Like, I, I, I don't think, I mean, I'm, I don't think I even know what Baron Morrison looks like today anymore. And I'm, you know, I'm a big fan. I, can you tell me what he looks like? I don't know what he looks like. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's... No, he makes some badass records. You tell me to name a single member in the band, you know, them, and I wouldn't know anybody's name. I just know that that album is called Angry Young Them, and it is an incredible record back to front, you know? Yeah. And that's, I guess, the idea, you know, give the air of mystery that records used to have back in that time. There was no social media. There was no uh, there were no podcasts. There were nothing. You just based your relationship with the artist and your connection with, you know, the music they made. And that's yeah. what we try. To do. I think that's a really relevant point because you're you're right. A lot of bands, you know, they kind of put their egos before the music. And it's kind of like you said, the photo shoots and they do the whole nine yards and then you know now i don't know if you're familiar but you know you have a billy joe armstrong with green day he's out doing a new like solo project or something called long shot and you know i'm like it sounds basically just like fucking green day but you know he's getting millions of views and stuff on that and the music's not really that good but i'm sure 99 percent of everyone who's listening to that basically is only listening because it's billy joe armstrong and here in the podcast world i can definitely relate to that because if you have some celebrity who puts out a podcast they'll go and do their first episode and they'll get more downloads and more subscribers in their first episode than, you know, someone who's doing it, you know, <laughs> like this podcast and you, they'll get more downloads than I have in the whole time <laughs> I've been doing it. So I think that's really admirable of you guys and pretty fucking awesome. So um, speaking of, we appreciate it. I mean, it goes both ways. Like we don't know who you are. Like you could be like, you could be one of the guys in like, I don't know, like the gizmos, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't know that. <laughs> right. I can't tell you the name of anybody in the gizmos, but that record, you know, forget the Sex Pistols. Here's the gizmos is a great record, and 
You know, I hang out with those guys any day. Yeah, no, that's true. And here, everyone knows I I like to typically do all the interviews over Skype, and so we're doing Skype voice. So you know, we can't we have that anonymity going here on the interview too. So that's fucking awesome. I I think that's really a weird place we are in this digital world now with the internet and everything that you really you totally can't do that and wasn't it isn't it like the gorillas they're really kind of do yeah they really push that where you don't know really who's in that band essentially like noodle and whatever their we, names we are. just know that everybody's super there, I, I really like their first record the first record was like really cool like yeah. really experimental yeah, like just all around, all different kinds of styles. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and just like yours, it was all cartoon based, so you didn't really see the people. They weren't pushing, like you know, like I, I love the line, masturbating your own ego. <laughs> I love that line. That's what. So I'm happy you said that again. Um, but yeah, let's get back, you know, because this is about the music. So let's fucking hear one more song by you guys, and then we'll get hop into the political mosh pit. So here is "Cry Like a Baby" by Stuffed Crust. Cry Like a Baby by Stuffed Crust. And so when I was exchanging emails with you guys and kind of going over a topic we wanted to cover, one thing that you said that really stuck out to me, I thought it was interesting, you said you were survivors of communism. Um, do you want to go and elaborate more into that? <laughs> <laughs> 
Fuck <laughs> me, man. Um, you guys said it, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Uh, it's not all of us. Um, it's, it's it was. I mean, I responded to the email. This this is Mickey, and um, I am a first generation American of uh, Cubans who um, political refugees who left in 1968. Pretty much like gave up everything they ever had. These guys were, you know, my family, they were professionals and owned businesses and um, pretty much gave up everything and could never see the street they grew up on or the house they grew up in or friends they played with as kids. There's no way for them to connect on Facebook. They gave up everything, their property, their careers, all on a gamble that the United States would provide a better you know, better opportunity for their kids that, you know, my parents, hence my parents and now me yeah. and, um, and all, and as a survivor of anti-communism also, because all I grew up with was understanding that like, there's nothing more anti-American yes. than like uh, communism. Yeah. It, there's definitely this war on communism because I, I mean, I personal personally feel that it's almost like capitalism or the capitalists are, like terrified of the word communism and socialism. Uh, it, and it's been like that, you know, really back in the Cold War days because of uh, Russia and everything. And it's it, and it's, it's really unfortunate because I, I personally, you know, I identify as a socialist. I think there's a lot of good traits that you can have with socialism, but, you know, there's also good traits in uh, ca- capitalism. So it's kind of ignorant to kind of just be completely shut out one whole I, you know, political identity because I, I, we can learn from everything and at least that's you know my thoughts no I, I mean I, I definitely agree with that and the reason we picked this topic number one I guess it's because I mean especially with the internet like and you know like you gotta pick something safe dude let's be real yeah. you know because I mean if I really wanted to be punk about it we could talk about how like me and me and Brandon, like we'll go walk our dogs and we run into like, you know, these like Wookiee, like SJWs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And not that we don't like, you know, have any problem, you know, not that we don't like, you know, fight for social justice. But, you know, I guess, you know, I'm just using the quote, the air quotes of SJWs. You know, they come up to our dogs like, oh, my God, your your dog or something. Is this a boy or a girl? And I look at them and I'm like, I don't fucking know what gender my dog identifies with. Don't <laughs> don't you don't you fucking assume my dog's gender. Yeah, it's it's this. My dog goes by the their it's, pronoun. What are you doing? Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know what gender they identify with. So I, for me to tell you that it's a boy or a girl would just be a real dick move. Now, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would hate to offend you. my dog. <laughs> You know, but that's not a safe topic, but it is something true that I do just to kind of just, you know, give a little bit of balance to and also check check my beliefs because I'm I'm a believer in that and fully support it as well. And I'm sure and the rest of stuff crusts do, too. And then at some point, it's kind of like, let's also keep in check, like where where do we draw the line? And I'm just like, let me just, you know, let me just jab a little elbow here at myself and others and just be like, I don't know gender my dog identifies with i know what food they like yeah, yeah. no i i totally agree i mean like I, I was saying i i personally identify on the left but i'm the first one to call out the sjw all their bullshit because you know it's like that extremism to any which way is just it's unhealthy i mean sure you can hold a position but once you start I don't know, getting religious about it, I suppose, is kind of when it starts getting a little a little crazy and start infringing on other people's rights. But yeah, it's, right. and it's yeah. not. Yeah, I, we agree with you because uh, like we were all talking about that. And it's just like and we're on the you know, we're on the we're on the better side of our 20s, let's call it, you know, um, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. And it's uh, it, it is it's not a safe subject because it's you know, we're you know, you would have to really communicate and explain everything you feel just so that you're in a position to feel safe about what you think. And I just don't really feel, we don't really feel like having to go into that, but in, in, but to support your, to support what you said, it's, it is like, um, yeah, you know, call I'm extreme left too, you know, which is why I brought up this topic because as dealing with, you know, being from a communist surviving like family, 
I try to also keep in check like certain things like, hey, like that's not the truth and what you're being fed is framed in a certain way. And so back to what we were saying, like you have this uh, tolerance and, you know, let's have tolerance and let's peace and acceptance of everybody unless you by any means like divert from our purpose and and then it's like we're gonna hunt you down and we're gonna make your life miserable and you we're gonna you know you know call you a fascist and a racist and a bigot and the whole nine yards yeah and all that crazy stuff and it just kind of like you know it's not a safe topic so i guess we went to something that was a little like hey this is a little like whatever but um yeah you know, yeah, to go with what you said, it, it is, um, it, it's definitely, I think that we all agree with, because we're just like, yeah, peace and tolerance until what point, but yeah, what you said, radicalism on any side of any spectrum is dangerous. So, yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I consider myself a economic radical on the left, I suppose, but I have, you know, I just wrapped up, we did a show up in LA, it was on um, May 4th, so Star Wars Day, we had a big, um, you know, a bunch of bands, and we had a hardcore lefty play, we had a bunch of libertarians out there playing, so, and on the podcast here, I've had, you know, everyone, I've had alt writers come on here who are, you know, as long as if you're a musician, and if you want to have a dialogue, you know, I totally welcome anyone on here so and also same with the audience i mean we have libertarians socialists and you know in the middle uh listening to the podcast so i you know i think offending people we definitely don't have to worry about that because pretty much anyone who does listen to the podcast or fans of the podcast are very open-minded and and we're all about having dialogue so that's pretty much the number one goal that we have at the podcast but um speaking of like not having dialogue which would be am talk radio and we're kind of talking about am talk radio and that's kind of the subject we're gonna go down i got really excited because me personally i i fucking love am talk radio and if it wasn't for listening to um programs you know really such as like coast to coast with art bell and george nori uh and and a few others that kind of got me into the whole idea of talk radio and having listeners call up. I mean, you know, I used to call up, I lived in Arizona. I used to call up all the right wing talk radios out there. They, they kind of even knew me. They're like, Oh God damn it. It's Michael from Mesa again. You know? <laughs> and I always called them on their bullshit. People would be like, Hey, I heard you on the radio, but in on AM talk radio, it's not a two way give and take conversation. Like something that I like to do here on the podcast on AM talk radio. It's kind of, a right wing nut job will get on the the radio and just spew his bullshit. Especially you know Sean Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, they kind of come to mind. So let's get into AM yeah. Talk Radio. What's your guys's history with AM Talk Radio? Um, so I think we kind of talked about it a little bit, and I'm gonna try to like just set a foundation for the conversation. The other guys want to talk on their experiences with it, but it mainly just like you know it's 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 our older generation, and not in a bad way at all. You know, I, I personally like am a, I think we all are very fond of the wisdom that older people can carry, Yeah. you know, and that's when I guess you get on the better side of your twenties where you start to realize that, wow, the only thing I know is that I know nothing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You become teachable, right? And at the same time, even though like I just made, or, you know, I guess as, as a group conscious, we made like some jabs at our own culture you know, for radicalism. So we are like, we are leftists as shit, but not radicals. But at the same time, so here I have my family who is voting against their own interests because AM talk radio doesn't present a dialogue. What it does is that it frames and portrays, especially, and I'll call them out. They're called Radio Mambi in Miami, Florida, right? So like late at night, they have their political talk shows where the elderly will tend to get their local news from the TV but they get their political news from these hosts that they trust, just like, you know, like George Norrie and so forth. I mean, I, I you know, any talk about reptilians, like, uh, Billy, Billy you're, you can come in here whenever you're ready. Yeah. He's waiting for his chance about reptilian human hybrids. That's oh, awesome. That, that's that's Billy. Nice. I haven't delved into you. I'm, I'm so excited for this. <laughs> that's his, uh, that's his wheelhouse. That's his wheelhouse right there. And so to hear, And I mean, like, really old. I don't mean, like, just retired. I'm talking about people who, like, you know, this is – the radio is what they know. And to to hear, you know, Cubans – and I understand the fear of it, 
So as a left in my family, it's, I have to approach it very carefully because they see it as like, Oh, like this is communist. And it's true. Like some of the things that let's just take, for example, the last like presidential election and primaries and so forth, when they were really taught two things, you know, and not talking about what it is the other side is doing, just how, you know, let's trash talk. Hillary is a traitor and Bernie is a communist. So you, there's no reason to even look at options. Your only options are, you know, yes, Cuban Marco Rubio, Cuban Ted Cruz. We had two Cubans run for president. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. You know, we're coming. Yeah. All right. Uh, a repentive and right winged as hell. Um, doesn't necessarily mean necessarily, you know, I mean, I don't know anything about them other than like, I think my aunt sucked off fucking Marco Rubio <laughs> in college. I'm not bullshitting. Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer. Yeah, he's oh, the Zodiac killer. Yeah. And his dad apparently right. uh, assassinated JFK from what Trump was saying in the primaries. <laughs> you know what? I, I believe him. Bet. 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 Yeah. Uh, but to hear like old people in like their 80s and 90s, Talk about how, like, oh, this is communism. How can you even, like, consider this person as a candidate? Regardless of what my political views were, my idea was to do service to my family and present to them facts that weren't being presented to them. Because when I hear these people say, like, oh, it's communism, and I say, well, you sure as hell didn't have a problem going on vacation to Sweden last year. (laughs) You didn't have a problem going on vacation to France 10 years ago or to the UK to see big Ben. So why are you supporting communism then you're actually going out? Cause if I were to go to Cuba and visit, cause I could, mm-hmm. I would be disowned by my family because I would be going back and giving a real communist country, my money where they sacrificed everything to leave. Mm. It's like, you know, just imagine if the Germans won the war and a bunch of German immigrants came over to seek political refuge. If you went back to Germany People would be pretty, your, your family would be pretty upset. You know, we yeah. left everything. Yeah. So that you yeah. can go give, you know, the Third Reich our money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just to go visit. So I cannot go, but I encourage many people to go to Cuba. I just cannot go. Well, they opened up trade and uh, vacation and everything and tourism just recently. I believe uh, Obama did that, what, like four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that pissed your parents off or your grandparents off pretty bad. And no, that's a so in okay, going to Hillary and Obama, it really pisses me off when people kind of say, Oh, Obama's a socialist. And I'm like, oh bullshit. I wish he was a socialist. Like Obama's a capitalist, one hundred percent. But he gets yeah. labeled because he is has a D next to his name. He's uh, a socialist, which is complete bullshit. And Back to the elderly listening to talk radio is a lot of the elderly and the older generation. I mean, they vote. They vote in every election. They vote religiously, whereas the younger generation, you know, tend to not vote as much. With, I believe, what, 27, 29 electoral votes in the state of Florida, which about 80 percent of the population of Florida is uh, elderly, are retired people, you know, and having to, you know, kind of just shed some light. Like, why would you go visit France? Why would you go to the UK and go on these vacations as a retired people? And they're doing exactly what's being proposed. But the thing is, is that I've actually heard, you know, in my grandmother's twilight of her life, listening to what she was listening to and being able to translate it because I speak Spanish and I'm just like listening to this. And they literally said, oh, look at what Bernie said. For example, this is an example of how talk uh, AM talk radio would work Mm -hmm. in I guess the framing or the portrayal of a candidate, but not giving options or transparency. They're not reporting. They are trying to, you know, they have some kind of agenda based on their beliefs. Oh yeah. And what they would do is refer back to their fear. So could you imagine if today someone on some kind of radio would be like, Oh, listen to that. That's Hitler-esque. And I mean, I mean, we do that with Trump now. Yeah, They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, America Everyone first sounds a lot like, yep. you know, America first sounds a lot like, you know, uh, you know, what would, you know, something Hitler said. I don't give a <laughs> shit, you know. <laughs> and yeah, they would go and frame Bernie like that. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds a lot like what Castro said and what he promised. But look yes. at what happened. Yeah. The thing is, is that 
the circumstances were different in Cuba in 1958 and 59. Like they were, their, their government was a sinking ship after, you know, violence had to take place in order to take over revolutionary, you know, in a revolutionary way. So there was no Congress, there was no house to balance out. There was no checks and balances. It's like, well, we won and we just killed everybody mm-hmm. and we're in charge. Yeah. Well, if you go Uh, back to the uh, back to FDR and, you know, the Bill of Rights and he was proposing uh, the second Bill of Rights, actually, FDR before he was passing away. And one of the main things he was saying in that, you know, he was saying proposing universal health care. And he's also proposing everyone have a mandated or be offered a government job. And also, I believe uh, housing, everyone be able to have affordable housing. This was in the second Bill of Rights. And actually, it's kind of interesting because Bernie, he just recently said um, that he wanted to offer everyone a job or make that a law. And it's kind of funny how they're like, oh, Look how, you know, he's so communist. This is a crazy idea. But no one even puts it, like you're saying, in context where, well, this is something FDR was proposing, you know, what, uh, about 100 years ago or so. A little, little less. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. No one puts it into context. I think that's a great point. Right. And he's a national hero, you know. he's a Yeah, FDR is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And no one wants to talk about, you know, oh, well, the 40-day work week, you know, vacation days. These things are socialist ideas that now people, they come to love and totally accept. Yeah, just give it a couple of years and we'll have an Apu issue, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But I do take my, I do take breaks at work and, you know, based on the nature of my job, sometimes people might see me and want to ask me questions and I tell them, I say, hey, look, like I'm on my break. It's my, you know, I'm working overtime and just, you know, it's a four, you know, people died so that I could have a 40 hour work week. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they you did. Have, you have things like uh, Uber and Lyft and Airbnb, Postmates, Grubhub. These things are you, people are labeled as an independent contractor. So it's really interesting because, like you're saying, people died for all these rights that we have. And now we're creating this new they call it the uh, what the sharing sharing economy or some shit. It's really should be called the slave economy because you're using your own car, your own gas. I mean, how many people actually tip? Uber or Lyft drivers, and they're not supposed to take cash tips, only tips on the app, so it can all be, you know, taxed and whatnot. But it's kind of crazy. It's almost like a race to the bottom. And it's really unfortunate because we're forcing people to drive their own cars for less than minimum wage. And, uh, you know, a lot of, like you're saying, our generation, the younger 20 generation, 20 year olds, we're taking the, we're taking advantage of these apps. And it's kind of like a, we're, we're almost, in a way, hurting ourselves. Like you were saying, the elderly are voting against their best interests. We're attacking our best interests by using these apps because, you know, we're underpaid and it's cheaper and it's easier. It's more convenient. So it, 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 it kind of goes both ways in a, in, a weird, in a weird aspect. I mean, retired people are using these apps. You know, uh, my dad's retired and he drives for Uber just because he kind of gets bored and he doesn't golf. And But you know what? The way I, I kind of you know what? He gave me a little bit of perspective in a sense. And I still agree with you 100 percent. But he gave me a, he gave me a, he shed a little light on it. And he was like, well, no one put a gun to my head, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what his words. No one put a gun to my head, dude. Um, he was like, I understand that by using this app that I'm going to use my vehicle. He's like, I'm going to die soon anyways. You know, he's like, um, I'm going to use this and the, the terms are here. And if I'm willing to accept them and engage an enterprise with this, these people are going to find me my customers and I'm going to use my. So, you know, I get it. Yeah. I, I understand it. And, that, and that's pretty capitalist and not necessarily in a bad way, because if he had an electric car that used no gas and. You know, I guess it's whatever who's prepared with and what kind of capital they have to work with running their own little business using an app to just supply them uh, clients. And I said, okay, I respect that as long as, you know, you're not under the haze that you found a job, you are your own small business. And at the end of the day, he said, Julian, this is the American dream. And I was like, that's my dad's name, Julian. And I'm just like, you know, and we both agreed. And he's like, you know, hey, Mickey, you got this, dude. And I'm like, all right, you got this. 
Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, I, I'm not I, – I, I've taken Uber and Lyft, and I, I used to work for Postmates for a while, you know, going, picking up food, and then delivering food. So there's definitely somebody to say for the technology and how it is a great idea. It is way more convenient than taxis, but we also have to look at the, you know, both sides of the coin. There are a lot of people who do, like you were saying, they go, they get this job. They're like, oh, I got a job with Uber. I'm, I'm going to be set. And then a lot of statistics and a lot of um, studies have come out where a lot of Uber and Lyft drivers are making less or under minimum wage and they don't have any protections as employees. Oh, no. Yeah, that, that they don't. You know, I had that talk with my dad just got in a car accident and they're not doing anything about it. You know, yeah. um, fortunately, he didn't have a, a rider in there. And my dad's not a voter. So that kind of like kind of stinks because he's still full on Cuban. He refuses to get American citizenship. Oh, wow. I don't know why he hasn't given me a clear explanation on that. You know, it's mainly just like I think he's just trying to do like um you know, do right by like, I guess maybe like the, the, I don't know. I don't know where his, his value system lies on that, but he can't vote because he's still a Cuban citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the other people, the elderly in the family, it's, you know, it's tough being, you know, left and trying to explain to them like, that's not what's being proposed. This is the facts. These are the truths. And nobody's taking that and the only thing i really had to combat it with was like hey you have no problem going on vacation you know to switzerland yeah and things like that and i guess you know here you have uh billy and brandon and you know they've got elderly people in their family too and how they have to be careful about what they say because it might just open up a can of worms in a conversation you don't want to get into like what's your experience you know Oh, just being at uh, family events. I know uh, when I was going to vote for uh, Bernie and my grandma just railed on me about how he was a communist and how Trump was the perfect leader for a country and not, not a good, not a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> she, did, yeah. she did, however, ask me on Easter, why won't I go visit Cuba, though? So this is, <laughs> this is a little weird, right? Yeah, but then if you go and visit, then they'll be like, why did you go? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, Trump, It at first, you know, I knew Trump was going to win. It was pretty obvious. I mean, Trump versus Hillary, it's like, that's kind of a no-brainer on who's going to win that election. But the thing with Trump is pretty much everything he said has been a total con job, and he's kind of reversed on everything. So the fact that people still support him it just blows my mind, especially the evangelicals, which right now, you know, the whole Stormy Daniels bullshit, how he's having sex with a porn star. And then the evangelicals love him. And the same people who talked all this shit about Bill Clinton in the 90s, getting a blowjob from an intern, they're totally 100% supporting Trump. It's just, it's really <laughs> ironic. And it just shows the hypocrisy <laughs> of the parties. And especially with the left, too. They're like, oh, goddamn Trump, you know, he had sex with a porn star. And, you know, they're making fun of his wife and how they're not in love. And it's like, well, you think Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton were really in love or they're just doing it as a business opportunity, just like Trump and Melania. So I, I think it's just, it it's so shows a hypocrisy on both sides, really. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, I think we can agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's really unfortunate, but that's why it, I think it's good to have conversations and have dialogue. But you're right. Uh, a lot of people don't want to because it gets uncomfortable. People get so standoffish, like you're saying at Thanksgiving. You know, you say something that's not too crazy. Like I, I think people should have health care. You know, <laughs> I think people shouldn't go bankrupt if they get sick. But then you're like, oh well, you're a communist, and then it goes down a whole road, and people don't even want to have these conversations. And I think and then it gets personal. Yeah, posted on Facebook, and then people unfriend each other, and it's kind of like, well, how have we gotten to this point where we're so fucking divided? It, it's really crazy. Well, I mean, I remember the the night that you know that um, that Trump was a president elect, and I remember going on social media and seeing a bunch of people just saying all kinds of things, and the only thing that I felt like I needed to say something to just kind of not really level the playing field, but the only thing I had to say was. Friends list dwindle as leather jacket sales rise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. People, 
they were just, you know, so horrified by the fact that, but even not even when he became president elect, I think a lot of the liberals, they wanted him to be the president or, oh no, before when he won the primaries, I'm sorry. A lot of the Democrats and the liberals, the neoliberals, I should say, they really wanted Trump to be the nominee because they're like, oh, Hillary's going to just destroy him, you know, which I thought that was really, really naive of them. I, I I mean I have no yeah. I have no idea what's gonna happen. Yeah, well yeah, who knows. But going back to like talk radio and everything, um it is interesting because we have the talk radio which the elderly are listening to, and then we kinda of have the internet, the age of the internet radio and the rise of the only reason why I'm going down this path is because you're saying the alien, uh, the reptile human hybrids. And you, <laughs> you have people like Alex Jones and the conspiracy theory world. So, yeah, let's go. Let's go into this really quick before uh, we wrap it up, because I, I find I personally I'll watch conspiracy videos and I think it's just entertainment. Some of this stuff, you know, the flat earth theories or the reptile humans. So let's go into yeah, this. A little Mad bit. Mike. Let's do it. Right. Yeah, it's very entertaining. Like, you, and it draws you in. You know, once you get once you get into one, like, then you, you're. So I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, I'm definitely a conspiracy theorist. Theorist myself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um. You know the reptilian thing, the flesh eating, blood sucking. You know, human hybrid, humanoid shapeshifters. Uh, it's it's definitely like a very entertaining thought to have. Like, is this possible? Um, I've, I mean, I've been a fan of that theory for several years now. But like, is it real? Like, maybe parts of it. I don't know, but probably not. Yeah. But it sure is like really fun to like get into all these, you know, ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, I you never know. Those videos with Justin Bieber's eyes changing. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of the videos, like the shape shifting videos are just like ridiculous. Um, they might like catch your attention at first, but then you, they start making all these different kinds and then it's like, okay, you know, this is getting a little too far. Or the hand symbols, you know, like, Oh, look, they made this hand oh, yeah, symbol. Yeah. They're Illuminati, 100%. They made this hand symbol. It's like, dude, like, you can get any clip from any video of anyone and, oh, your hand accidentally made that that uh, a certain pose or something. And then they're like, oh, you're Illuminati. Except and, the queen, don't. Uh, yeah. I, you well, know, well and the then queen that... is definitely fucking, like, some sort of lizard <laughs> shapeshifter, dude. She's creepy as fuck. I mean, like, that's that... pretty obvious. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and that brings the whole bloodline thing in, you know, like oh, that yes. Bushes and the Clintons are in the same bloodline as, you know, the queen and, you know, the print, you know, Prince and like yeah. that, you know, that's and the Bilderbergs family and the, the family, the, what is it? Rock something of 13. See, and the question is, the real question is, is that which one of these, or is it a collective is then going on AM talk radio and after they're done giving their, their, you know, their monologue, then actually tell them that if you need a ride to the polling booth, we will pick you up and take you there for free. I heard this. I've heard this several times. I've heard it during um, Obama's second run. I heard it during this um, last election. Um, and they offer yeah, every both, night both at the parties. end of the show, if you yeah. ride both parties you know, do that. Um, Obama with uh, organizing for America, they would that which was basically a political campaign like a pack that was working for him because he didn't have a classic campaign type, but he was using organizing for America and they would rent out a bus and drive people there. But same on the right. They also they'll do here in California. They're trying to lower the tax on gas and they're going around and driving to people's houses to have them sign this petition. So both sides totally do that. It you know it, that's like a political thing. But what are you? But is do? it the reptilians? Is it <laughs> or, it, or is it that's the real question? Who's paying for it? Well, the reptilians? it's it's the elite, the, you know, you have quote unquote George Soros on the left and then you have the Koch brothers on the right. So, you know, both sides, they're funded by these billionaires uh, and, and a lot of people, they'll take in taking these talking points and then they end up getting money from think tanks and ultra rich, the elites, which even if there is even if they're not 
reptilian hybrids or whatever, you can't deny that there is some sort of elite group, you know, who pushes this idea that, you know, you can't say, oh, well, the top 1% is getting richer and everyone else is getting poor and the elite do hang out in groups and they push the same agenda. So that's not really a conspiracy at this point. Right. And the thing is though, like my dad, like if, if I, you know, having this conversation with my dad and I tell him that he, he would never believe it. You know, he, you know, he, uh, he's very left. Um, sorry. Right. He's very, um, right on the right side. And, you know, the, when I get into conversations like this with my parents, especially, you know, my dad, it's just like, um, you know, he, he has his, um, belief in the knowledge that, you know, but he watches a lot of, you know, Fox news and all that shit. Yeah. I mean, and it, it totally, you know, I know I didn't uh, mention this, but, you know, I got to throw this out there. When you, when the conspiracy realm and conspiracy world, you have back, you know, the JFK shooting. And that's, I think a lot of people now are kind of like, well, th- it's kind of bullshit. Just speaking of Cuba and everything, a lot of people, the theory was, oh, maybe it was Cubans who killed JFK or I think or the mob or it was LBJ. But I think the whole, you know, single shooter on the grassy knoll, that idea is totally, no one really believes that. And 9-11 now, that's kind of our generation's JFK moment. And I think the 9-11 story is really like, what the fuck? Come on. Like you watch those videos. And then I don't know if you know about building seven, that building just collapsed out of nowhere. So it, You know, it's these stories that are perpetuated by our mainstream media like Fox News, MSNBC, CNN. And but they're they're just they don't when you put it logically, it just really doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. And it's completely messed up, you know, Um, you know, the whole 9-11 thing, like there are reasons behind it you know, the elite or whoever, you know, was behind it or whatever you want to say, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was to spark a war, you know? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And I was just watching something, um, a few days ago. It's a reasonable speculation. Donald Rumsfeld yeah. talking about building seven. And he was like, you know, there, we just, we had to pull it. There's actually like videos of, you know, him admitting to this thing, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, and you know, those buildings didn't, come down from planes. I mean, no. that's just up. And even at the very, very least, I think the very most non-offensive uh, theory would be that, you know, Cheney and Rumsfeld and, you know, Paul Wolfowitz and these neocons, uh, they didn't cause it. They didn't do it, but maybe they knew it was going to happen and just kind of let it happen. You know, I think right. you know, even that, even that is totally reasonable because like you said if you look at the world before 9-11 and then you look at it now and how much things have changed and how we've had this war that's been going on for what 17 almost 18 years now and it's never ending this war on terror we have this war on an ideology and it's so convenient because it never ends and now you have trump who's surrounding himself by mike pompeo and bolton and all these Uber and Giuliani. He's now a, a, a lawyer for Trump. So it's just, you know, and Trump was running against the quote unquote deep state, but he's surrounding these himself with the same people who were right there when 9-11 happened. So the fact that people are still supporting Trump and they're saying, oh, Trump's fighting the deep state. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, really? Like, it blows it's, my mind. It's it's something to behold. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which I, is why. Yeah. We just try to make an impact with just, you know, with things that, you know, especially with social media today, you always, you can't scroll down a news feed on any platform without somebody, you know, and I mean, I don't use Twitter because, I mean, I guess like the basis of it is to talk about what you feel, what you think. And honestly, I don't even give a shit what I think, man. So like, why would anybody else give a fuck what I think, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, and feelings aren't facts and all that kind of shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can't go without people doing that. And I guess that's what, as a band, we just try to do. It's just like, you know, let's try to contribute something positive, man. You know, something fun, something that isn't, you know, cause I'm, I'm a firm believer. And if you want change, go hold a public office, but this is the office that we hold. 
you know, we've acquired a, a certain set of skills, you know, over a very long career that make us a nightmare for, uh, yeah. for certain people. No, and I, I think you're, you're, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. And even like you said, go and hold public office. But, you know, once you get into office, I mean, how much can you really do with the lobbyists and the the money that's in politics? I almost think activists and musicians and, you know, even actors or look at Kaepernick, a, a football player. He did one thing. He kneeled and it triggered Half of the country's fucking triggered, like, oh, he hates America. And then the other half is like, yeah, Kaepernick rocks. You know, he's talking about police brutality. So I don't know. I almost think it's more powerful to be in a band and to push a message or something. So, I mean, I have to give massive props to you guys. And thank you for coming on the podcast. And I know I like to have the podcast. You know, we talk about the music a little bit, but I like to get into the weeds and talk about crazy shit. We got to talk about alien human hybrids. So are the reptilians. I'm stoked. I could check that off the list now. So thanks, guys. That's awesome. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah but yeah definitely so keep doing what you're doing and keep playing the fucking great music and uh i'm i'm stoked on hearing you guys i can't wait to hear uh your next album it's it's getting in the works hopefully um if you know everything is working the way it is it'll it'll be another halloween release i know that a lot of artists like to release their records in may or it's or it's recommended by the industry to release in May for some reason. Huh. Um, but that that's not us, and that's not why we do it. We just – Halloween's a good time. You I, know, yeah, back it to matched school. Halloween. It had the little bats and stuff. It had a very spooky uh, vibe. <laughs> Dude, that's that's literally our house. It's your birthday, too. It, and it's my birthday, oh. yeah. But that's – Awesome. But that's – yeah, that's our house in the back. That's, that, that wasn't staged, man. That's how we live. <laughs> With the Ouija board and then the lights flickering and shit, you're like, no, actually, the light actually flickers like that. Like, <laughs> it, it's yeah, I've, we've we've amassed a lot of uh, you know the haunts and spooks over many years, you know, over a long career of acquiring these skills. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. No, it's fucking sick, dude. I like I said, the album is sweet. It has a great feel. It's very it, it holds up. You know, you could listen to it from start to finish. And that's kind of one thing I really want bands to be able to do. But uh, I'm going to let you guys go because we went a little over. Uh, but before I let you go, can you tell everyone where they can find your music online? Absolutely. www.stuffedcrust.com. Stuffed, spelled S-T-U-F-F-T, crust.com. No, or you can just like Spotify it or Apple Music or whatever the hell you use. It's it's all out there. It's all over the you know? place. Cool. Awesome. Fuck yeah. Well, yeah, once again, thanks for coming on. And um, before I let you go, let's check out one more song from Stuff Crust. Here's So You Say by Stuff Crust. <laughs>
Thanks for checking out Punk Rock and Politics. If you enjoyed the show and the information brought to you, please subscribe and share the podcast. It helps us here at Punk Rock and Politics, but more importantly, it helps the featured bands gain exposure. Also, if you know any bands or musicians who would like to join the political mosh pit and have their music featured on the Punk Rock and Politics podcast, please email us at punkrockandpolitics at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. And rock on, political junkies. I think our all our society is run by insane people for insane objects and objectives. Doing a better job of talking to each other. The left hand now knows what the right hand is doing. Look at those hands. Are they small hands? And he referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. I guarantee you.